Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. Across from me today is Ed Aarons with E&M Outdoor Services. Now, Ed and I got a uh, somewhat a unique relationship. I'm not coming into his place cold. I, I've known Ed now for, I don't know, like three years, would you say, Ed? Yeah, it's three or four. Three or four? Yeah. And I think I originally came across you when I asked for a recommendation on Facebook for lawn service. And all kinds of people said all kinds of nice things about you, Ed. So I thought I'd give you a call. And I remember at the time, I called a couple people uh, that was recommended. And people were turning my business down saying they were just flat out too busy. But I think at that point in time, you started this back in 2015. Is that that's, that's correct. Yep. So I don't know. Was that a so three years ago, four years ago, it's 20, so maybe I called like 2018, you were doing it for two or three years already. Does mm-hmm. that sound about right? Yep. Yeah. So I've been uh, very pleased with uh, Ed's services at my place, both for lawn care and snow removal. And uh, I've gotten to know Ed, you know, more on a personal basis because when he would come out or when he comes out to mow or what have you, I would always come out and chit chat a little bit and i thought he would be a great guest for minnesota made he's a minnesota business born in minnesota lives in minnesota did you ever live out of state i did not no you live here in monticello minnesota i'm in buffalo now so you're nice and close so let's start with a brief background on the services that you offer and then i want to take it back to the beginning and get to know little ed and bring it to present time so I know you do lawn care and snow removal. Uh, what are some of the other services that you offer? One of the major ones we offer is like f- fertilizing and weed control. We do landscape maintenance, shrub trimming, mulch bed refreshments, and spring cleanups, spring fall cleanups. Clean. Yeah, yeah, leaf cleanups. And Yeah, good. All right. So where were you born, Ed? And what was the childhood like? I don't even know if you had any siblings. Do you have siblings? I do. I yeah. have a younger sister and two older, uh, older brother and an older sister. Okay. And where did it all start? Uh, I was born in Litchfield. My parents lived in Litchfield when I was born. And uh, we Litchfield lived Litchfield Dragons, is that Litchfield right? Litchfield Dragons, yeah. <laughs> the mighty dragons. We played you guys in football when I was uh, going to Annadale High School. Oh, sure. The Cardinals. Yeah. 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 All right. Litchfield. Go ahead. So basically lived in Litchfield till I was 17 in 1991. We uh, relocated to Buffalo and I uh, finished my high school career in Buffalo. Graduated from there in 1993. Okay. So you were like a 10th grader or so? When I was 11, 11th grade. Yep. I was just beginning my junior year. Was that hard for you? Making it? Was, a, yeah? it was difficult. Leaving yeah. all your friends and everybody's new. It is, it, I'm, I'm assuming Buffalo's bigger school. Buffalo's much bigger. Yeah. Than Litchfield. I, I had the, the benefit that I had. My cousin is the same age I am and uh, she went to Buffalo school. Oh, okay. So. So you at least knew one person. I knew one person going in, <laughs> yeah. Uh, something similar happened to me when I was, the, the summer between third and fourth grade, we moved from Buffalo to Annandale. And uh, at the time, you know, I went through these <laughs> phases in my life. At the time, uh, one of the phases was uh, horse shows, like mm-hmm. barrel racing and pole weaving and rescue race. And my cousin had horses, so I did that 
for a while. And we used to go to the Wright County Saddle Club quite often. And at that saddle club, Mitch Euchre was my age and he went to Annandale. I was going to Buffalo, but I knew Mitch through the saddle club. He also rode horses. And so when I moved to Annandale, Mitch was the only person I knew (laughs) in my grade. Jody is my cousin. She was a, a year older. So yeah, man, those first, for me anyway, uh, it, w- it was, I was kind of shy, introverted, and uh, it was hard for me to get to know some friends. And I guess I'm still kind of that way a little bit. Like I keep my circle small. Now, eighth grade, I became a pretty good football player. And then all of a sudden, all the guys want to be my friends. All the girls like, ooh, Jason, you know. It is weird how it's like something small, like a sport. Like if you stand out on something, now you're the cool kid, yeah. right? Did you play any sports growing I up? I played ice hockey. Yeah? Loved hockey. Yeah? Litchfield had a had a hockey team? They were uh, the Litchfield DC. So Dasco Cave oh, and yeah. was the was the group. Yeah. And you graduated high school what year? 1993. Okay. I'm one year older. So we played uh, Jasco Cato in um, in football. So I know a few people over there. Sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, did you play hockey in Buffalo also when you moved? I played hockey in Buffalo. I started playing hockey in Litchfield in fifth grade. Okay. And then when we moved to Buffalo, I finished playing hockey in Buffalo. Awesome. It was. And, and you got a son, right? I do. How? We have we have four kids. Four kids. How old is the youngest? The youngest is five. Are you going to get him in hockey or anything? Uh, I don't think he likes baseball. <laughs> oh, baseball. <laughs> He's got a good arm, so I think we're going to we're going to exploit that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't care what my boys kind of latched on to. I just wanted them to like find something they liked and passionate about and we went through what did it start with? Uh ninja warrior, no, well, like ninja class, like <laughs> parkour crap, right? <laughs> That's a start, yep. okay? They did that. Then they did soccer. Uh, for three years, they tried wrestling for a year, and then I made the mistake. I'm like, you guys want to try hockey? Yep. I've been doing hockey ever since. Yeah, it draws you in. Yeah. And it's fun to watch because it's like continuous. You know, mm-hmm. there's constant action with the line changes. There's no like in-between downs. or um, And uh, they they like it. They complain a little bit about practices. And it's a year-long sport. They get the month of June off, right? But uh it's been good overall. All right, so hockey, I graduated in 93. Then what? Then I went off to uh, college. Yep. And uh, that was fun. That was different. <laughs> and uh, then I basically worked. You know, it's, it's yeah. always always been ingrained to me. Work hard. You work. You yeah. just work hard. You didn't grow up on a farm or anything, did I you? I did not. I spent summers on my uncle's farm. When I was younger, okay. he had a, he had a uh, cattle farm. Oh yeah, dairy that's work. Farm. Oh, that's that's a lot of work. Yeah, in Forest City between Watkins and Litchfield. So, yeah, I, when I think of hard workers, that's why I ask. I mean, immediately I think of farmers. Yeah. That that's, <laughs> bro. The moment they get up to the moment they go to bed, they're working seven days a week, and they struggle to go. You know, take a weekend off because who's going to do the chores? Yeah, you know. And he he was. He was a big dude. You know, that's like uh, your own little workout club right there in the barn. So oh, yeah. He was always fit. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, my my cousin who I rode the horses with, right? Horses equals baling hay, you yeah. know, cleaning stalls and that type of thing. And 
I spent many days over there during the summers helping those guys out and picking rock out of the fields and all that fun stuff. It's tough work. Yeah. So it's a thing that a lot of kids today I feel like aren't going to, I don't, it's like benefit from. I don't know if that's the right word, but if, unless you kind of live that life, it's, I question like where their work ethic is going to come from. You know, I, I look at my boys, man, they got it made. Mm-hmm. They got it made. My like, very first job at 11 years old was busting up my mom's boss's sidewalk with a sledgehammer. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it was, it was terrible. Worst yeah. job I probably think I ever got. So what motivated you to even do that? Like if I were to tell my, you know, one of my sons, they're eight and nine, right? If I said, you know, take the sledgehammer and bust this thing up and I'll give you X dollars. He'd sure. be like, oh, no, no thanks. <laughs> what convinced you to do that? Do you remember? I think it was a bike. I wanted oh. a, a and back in uh, when I was 11, you know, the BMX bikes, the yeah. Arrow, the Mongoose, you know, yeah. those were the things to have. And yeah. I wanted it and we didn't have a silver spoon. So yeah. you had to earn it. We had to earn it. Yeah. Did you ever race that bike at a BMX track? I did not. I think I had that. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I think I had that bike for probably six months and someone stole it. Oh, so bummer. I know, but <laughs> yeah, well, I worked hard for it anyways. So after college, you started working right away and and uh, so what's the, like the real first job you want to talk about? Uh, I got into uh, driving truck. And the way I got into that is uh, my uncle owned his own truck. And he was the breadwinner of the family. And then he got sick. So he's like, listen, I, you know, I need you to start driving this truck. And he like taught me how to drive his truck. A big. A big semi. Semi truck. Yeah. So you started driving truck like uh, across the country? or Across the country. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Started that in 97. I got my driver's license, my CDL license for that. That, I think, sounds horrible. I, I, don't, enjoy <laughs> <laughs> I don't enjoy driving at all. And uh, especially in traffic, it makes me, tends to make me tired. Now, though, with podcasts and stuff, if I can find something to distract me, I don't mind it. Or I spend a lot of time catching up on phone calls while I'm driving now. But... Uh, you sleep, you sleep in that truck and everything? You did, yeah. You had a, a sleeper right in the back. And when you get tired, you stopped. And, yeah. you know, the load still had to be there. But yeah. uh, you'd stop, take a 30-minute hour nap, get up and do it again. And how, many, how long did you do that for? I did that. I stopped doing that in 2012. A quick message from our sponsors. This podcast was brought to you by Minnesota Risk Partners, specializing in risk management and insurance services for Minnesota-based companies. Check them out at minnesotariskpartners.com. The company that I started with in uh, 97 was Kotke Trucking in Buffalo Lake. Wait, Kotke? Kotke. Kotke. K-O-T-T-K-E. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great, great family company. And that's uh, where my uncle had worked. So he sent me over there when, you know, when he wanted his truck back. (laughs) He sent me over there and said, hey, you know, I got this guy that can drive truck. And I loved it. I, I love driving truck. It's, you know... Yeah, there were some nights where you're like, why do I do this? Yeah. You're out in the middle of, you know, eight inches of snow and you got to go another 800 miles before you get to where you need to be. And yeah, it sucked some nights, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a great job. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. So what made you get out of that? Um, I wanted to be home. I wanted a family life. Okay. And so I started working with uh, Knife River, driving okay. a gravel truck and. I was working uh, a few construction jobs and excavating jobs. And 
Okay. Knife River, they're local here? They are. It is the old uh, Buffalo Bituminous. I got oh. bought out by Knife River Materials, which is, they're a national company headquartered in Bismarck. Okay. So you started driving a gravel truck? I did. Worked my way from driving a gravel truck into, you know, whatever they needed, running a skid steer, being a gravel foreman, a milling foreman, or whatever they needed me to do, I would do. Okay. And then I got tired of traveling on the road. There was a lot of traveling with that job. Okay. Highway maintenance is, uh, it's you got to go where the roads are broken, and they're not always broken in your area. So. Oh, sure. So you wanted to be uh, home more? <clears throat> I and, did. And then you uh, left that position to do what? I kind of didn't want to be gone all the time. We were working 100 hours or so. and it uh, 100 hours a week? 100 hours a week, yeah. It's, Jesus. Well, you make hay while the sun shines, and <laughs> you only get so many months out of the year to do that. Yeah. Know, in Minnesota, there's two seasons, winter and construction. So yeah. yeah, we work on that construction season. And then you were laid off during the winter? Yeah. And then I would drive truck for Kotke during the winter, just locally. Okay. All right. Now, did you go from that to being self-employed? I did not. I uh, had a stint where I kind of really didn't know what I wanted to do. It's tough when you're used to being gone on the road, mm -hmm. and then you get a nine-to-five job, and it's not always what you think it's going to be. Mm. So you just kind of find what fits. Yeah. And so I sold some uh, insurance for a while. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, was, it was right. interesting. It was, you know, I'm not much of a door-to-door -door salesman kind of guy. Yeah. It was, uh, we sold insurance to businesses. So you'd have to go into the business and ask for the decision maker and, yeah. and sit down with them and try to get an appointment with them. And which is, it was a difficult job. That's a whole 180 for you. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different skill set. Yeah. Yeah. So then in 2015, I really uh, didn't know what I wanted to do. And a friend of mine called me and said, Hey, I, I have this lawn care business and I do fertilizing and mowing and doing it all by himself. And so he said, Hey, I, I need somebody to take over the mowing. Huh. And so he said, you know, do you, do you want to take over my mowing? Yeah. And then, you know, you start a business and you can have the accounts. So just give them to you. Well, yeah, I had to work for him for oh, okay. a couple of years. And what was his motivation to get out of it? Well, he had too much work, I think. Oh, he couldn't keep and, up. Yeah, he he didn't take on more than he could chew. Mm. It just, you know, it was more about being able to service everyone equally. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't do it all by himself. So, And uh, so did that start around 2015 then? It did, yeah. yeah. I started mowing some of his accounts. And, uh, and then I would find a few of my own here yeah. and there. And then it got to the point where... I had a lot of accounts. Yeah. And so he wanted to bring his brother-in-law on to the mowing side of his business as well. So that gave me the opportunity to kind of work my way out of his accounts and into my own. So thinking back to those very early days of becoming self-employed and uh, scrapping together some extra cash to buy equipment and maybe a trailer and that type of thing to where you are now. Can you talk a little bit about those early days? Like, did you just go out and buy a brand new mower and a brand new trailer and uh, put some fancy decals on the side of it and that I, type of thing? The only thing I bought new was was a truck. We, uh, my wife and I and our kids, we were on vacation out to the Black Hills, and before we left on our trip, we decided to start the business. And so I called my uh, friend at the dealership and said, "Hey, I'm going to need a truck when I get back from vacation. I'm starting this lawn care business and." 
And so I bought the truck and then all of the equipment that I bought was from Mike, the guy okay. that I was mowing for. I bought his trailer. I bought a 60-inch uh, sit-down mower, uh, an older, it was all older equipment. Yeah. I had a 52-inch uh, stand-on mower. Okay. And I got a backpack blower and some weed whips. Mm. And I just started going to work. One-man show. One-man show. And uh, how many kids at the time? I had three kids at the time. So was it hard to convince your wife that this is a good idea? It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. She she took a little convincing. But she's she's very... She's an understanding person. She's very supportive. Yeah. And it's the M? It's the M and E and M. Yes, it's Melissa. Melissa, that's your wife. Shout out to Melissa. Now, Melissa, if you're listening, you know, I've talked to Ed several times, and anytime the the topic of women or wife or marriage comes up, he has nothing but great things to say about you. And I say that with 100% honesty. He thinks the world of you. And... uh, which I think is rare in today today's um, society. You know, more I, I hear more than often that a man is complaining about the the woman in his life, but I never heard you say that, Ed. Like, I commend you on that. How how did you two find each other? Actually, yeah, funny story. We dated years ago when uh, when we were younger. She was in high school, and and her. Aunt and uncle had a, a horse farm where they did trail rides and pony rides and training and petting zoos. And and I worked a summer with her aunt and uncle, and that's where I met Melissa. Okay. And she was one of the uh, uh, the people that would lead trail rides and stuff like that. Okay, like a guide. Yeah, yeah. so I got to know her through that. And uh, Were you, like 16? Yeah, I was, I was 18 at the time. She was 16. Okay, okay. And so... Did you guys date them? We did, yeah. Okay. It was just, you know, over the summer, you know, like a, a summer, summer fling. Yeah. yeah, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And then we just kind of went our separate ways. And in 2011, we uh, she sent me a message on Facebook and said, hey, you know, I haven't talked to you for a while. How you doing? And yeah. I was uh, unfortunately at the time going through a divorce. Okay. And she was unfortunately going through a divorce at the same time. I say unfortunately, but, you know, it's actually fortunate yeah. at this point. But yeah. Worked and out well. So, yeah, we got to talking. And it's 2011. 2011. Awesome. It's funny how life works out like that. Like, you, you get stuck in a situation where it is freaking miserable, right? Yeah. Like, my divorce was by far three, nothing even comes close to the amount of stress that put me under for that period of time. And you mean, Nothing comes close. That 10x everything stressful in my life ever, yeah. right? And it was horrible. And I, I, I assume that's a, a similar story for a lot of people going through a divorce. And here you are, both of you going through the divorce, and it uh, you two end up together and very happily married. And since then, you've um, had had a child. We did. Yeah. In two thousand, I think Ethan was born in two thousand sixteen. Awesome. And uh, she helps out with the business a little bit. She does. She handles all the accounting and yeah. And Can't get her on a more. I cannot. No, she <laughs> Weed whip, blow, blower, nothing. She ran a backpack blower for me for <laughs> one day, I think, and that was about enough for that her. That was it. Yeah. All right. All right. 
And so she works, uh, she, does she work outside the home then? She's got another job. She does. She yeah. has her own, her own career that she does and she works from home. Okay. So we get to see each other a lot. We share an office and uh, we see each other a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that can come with its own challenges. It I've been does. there. All right. So um, now employees, one thing that we've talked about in the past, you know, over the years is difficulty with employees. Is it better to hire and try to grow the business with employees or is it better to keep it small and keep it all and remain a one man show? And as of late, uh, I know you've gone through a few employees that didn't really work out all that well. I had the impression at the time that you're kind of getting discouraged and can maybe considering just keeping it, you know, small and doing it yourself. But as of recent, you found a, you found a good one, right? I did. And uh, you're looking to hire another one. We are. Yeah. We, can you talk about those struggles a little bit with the employees and and uh, where your mind at, is at now? Probably we fired our we hired our first employee in 2017. Yeah. And it was it was to the point where I couldn't keep up with all of it at the same time. We were growing faster than I had anticipated. Yeah. So the accounts were coming in and uh, I'm not a guy that likes to say no. Yeah. So, you know, I, I probably took on too much. And so I needed someone to help. Hmm. And the employees that I had, you know, they, they didn't share the motivation that I have mm -hmm. and the passion for what I do. Yeah. And, and that's fine. It's our business. We should have that passion and we don't expect our employees to, you know, like be all in, you know, yeah. like 100%. But so it was, it was difficult to, to keep employees, especially when you're small, you can't pay them a lot. You know, mm -hmm. there's no benefits, obviously, you know, mm -hmm. it's a seasonal position. So you're laid off during the winter. Mm -hmm. I only had one truck at the time. So I was plowing snow during the winter, but I'm not going to have somebody ride with me all night long. You know, it's, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. So be your spotter or something. Yeah. I mean, tell me <laughs> if I'm going to hit something. <laughs> all right. So then in, you know, we, we went through a couple employees and last year we hired a guy named Mitch mm -hmm. and we hired him as, as kind of a, a foreman and Mitch has been amazing. Yeah. This guy works just as hard as I do. Now, before you hired Mitch, were you, was there a point in time where you're like, I, I, I'm done with employees? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, for a brief period of time, it seemed like more of a headache to have them. It was yeah. easier for me to set my own schedule. I didn't have to worry about if somebody was going to show up. Yeah. You know, I could go out and work and work all day by myself. And yeah. but as the business grew, I didn't have that option. I couldn't be everywhere every time, all the time. Yeah. So I needed to hire someone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mitch has been a godsend. And now you're looking to hire some another one. We are. We're looking to hire one more guy to help out Mitch. Um, I have moved into the role of trying to get out of the field, hmm. but. I, we started, we took over all of the fertilizing and weed control in previous years. We had subcontracted it. And so now this year I'm taking over all the weed control and doing it ourselves, took it in house. Okay. And so I'm going to manage all of that. And then Mitch is going to manage all of the, the maintenance side of it. Now I can't imagine that everybody in this type of industry uh, is growing right uh, i would assume it's like any other business you know some people grow some people don't some people go out of business what do you contribute your success to 
I, w- I would say our success is we're very, I'm very easy to work with. And, you know, I, our goal in this company is to provide solutions, mm-hmm. you know, and we do that. And I, I believe we do that well. Yeah. The customer comes to us and says, hey, I need this done. I need that done. Can you do that? Will you do that? Yeah. And if I can't do it, I know somebody that can. Yeah. Uh, we provide solutions. You know, maybe some of that, uh, here's my take on it. This is why I continue to do business with you. Um, number one, I feel like the quality of work that you guys perform is better than I've ever experienced. It's number one. That's important. I think you're reasonably priced. You're not the cheapest or most expensive. I think it's where it should be. Uh, that's number two. Number three, I've had some exposure to your other employees along with Mitch. Um, I feel like you in particular do an excellent job in communication. You're, you're fun to talk to. You're friendly. You always take that extra few minutes to uh, see how things are going. Our conversations never feel rushed. Like I never get the impression, hey, I got, uh, you know, I got to get to this next account in five minutes. I got to hurry up and go. <laughs> right. I, I've never felt that from you. So your your personality, I think, has definitely helped uh, your business grow. I, I would, yeah, I'd yeah? say you're correct. Yeah, I love our driveway conversations. <laughs> I uh, I have a lot of customers that uh, they just love to talk. Sure, you know, and yeah. there's a lot of times where yeah, we're we're in a hurry and we got to go, but yeah, I'll always take a minute to listen and see how you're doing, and you know, because a lot of these customers we only see them one time a week, one day a week when we're there to mow and. Yeah. Most times people aren't home. Yeah. We just service their lawn. We get back in our truck and we go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to talk to customers and, you know, see how we're doing mm-hmm. and ask them, hey, anything else you need or, you know, anything else we could do better, something we're not doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the future look like? I know you're expanding into weed control this year. Any thoughts? So you keep hiring people, keep building uh, outbuildings and adding equipment <laughs> and uh, dominating, creating an empire? Or what's your thought there? Uh, I think we don't want to scale too big. This is not <laughs> a not a business that you really, you know, unless, we're not a true green, you know, sure. we're not, we're not going to be that kind of business. And, yeah. But I'd like to, I'd like to keep it small, manageable. Yeah. You know, I'm not young, so I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do this forever. Yeah. All right. Well, outside of work, what do you like to do? Do you have any interests? Oh, I do a lot of things. Um, yeah. I love cars. Yeah. Um, basically, I love spending time with my kids. Yeah. You're a family man? Yeah. Yeah. It, that's cool. This business draws me away from them a lot. Okay. That's why one of the reasons we bought the property we did and built, we built our shop on the same property is so that I wouldn't have to drive to an office every day. Right. And be away from my kids. And now, you know, they can come up and hang out in the shop and yeah. and help. And, hey, maybe the youngest one wants to take over someday. <laughs> I think about the same thing. My youngest is Jax. And uh, Tyson, he, he's got his mind set since preschool, man. He's going to be an astronaut. He, and Good he knows how much college is required. He's like, he does not waver. You know, Jax, he's all, you know, originally he was going to be a ninja, right? And that's that's now changed into a race car driver. Yeah, but being a ninja is cool. 
or a ninja race car driver. Combine the two. Whoa. Think about that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I imagine, I don't know, I got this intuition that maybe Jax is going to follow dad's footsteps and kind of become my business partner someday, Good. which would be pretty awesome. Um, so you, you enjoy cars. You were telling me about a truck that you had as a kid and uh, worked on that and ended up selling it. Do you got any projects going on now? I don't. Um, uh, I think I have enough projects going on with the business <laughs> right now that I I probably couldn't take on anymore. I do. I do have a goal. I want a. I want a seventy Chevelle. That's just. Yeah? And that's that's your one car. Of, that's the car. Yeah. That's one of the goals I work towards too. Yeah, and uh, what what are some other I guess motivators on a, on a personal level? Like, you know, a big motivation for me to be great not only in business but as a as a person is i got two little sets of eyes watching me and modeling themselves after me right and i feel like when i do good that's benefiting not only me but them right if i do bad right it's setting the tone or the trajectory for my two little boys. That's a big motivation for me, right? I'm also a Christian and I feel like I got a, a little bit of a superpower in a sense. I think it was Ed Milet that said something like this, right? If you go to the ocean and you take a teaspoon of water out and put it in a cup and you bring that cup back to your house and set it on the counter, you now have a piece of this massive powerful, unknowing, mighty ocean sitting right there in your counter, right? It's it's there. Mm-hmm. With my belief, I feel like, you know, part of God is in me. And if God is this mighty, powerful being, you know, kind of representing the ocean, you're like, I feel like I'm capable of just about anything. I mean, I don't know where this mindset came from, but it's a it's drilled into me. Like if that person can do it, I can do it. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, outside of that Chevelle, what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning? What's a, what's a driving force behind Ed? My kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, uh, my youngest is five. He loves everything about our business. He loves the trucks. I mean, (laughs) technically in the business, I don't even own a truck. Yeah. None of them are mine. Uh, one of them is Mitch's of course. And then he owns, he always owns the newest one. Uh, so yes. I don't even get a vehicle here. No, it's he's always watching, always yeah. watching what we do. He has a ton of questions. He comes up to the shop with me all the time when we're doing maintenance and yeah. ask questions. Awesome. He has his own parking spot in the shop. He has a little Power Wheels police car. And, uh, Is he home right now? He's not. He's, oh, at, uh, he's at daycare. We should got him on the podcast. I know. He'd have been a better guest. <laughs> All right. Well, to wrap things up, Ed, do you want to throw out your contact information and maybe what a good customer looks like? You do residential and commercial? We do. We and do. certain area, demographic, maybe list off those services again that you can provide? Sure. We yeah. um, we service both residential and commercial clients in the uh, Buffalo, Monticello, Big Lake area. Um, okay. We service for our fertilizing route is much bigger than, than that. Okay. But our, our mowing, I try to keep small. And uh, you can service your customers a whole lot better in a smaller circle than you can stretching yourself out. Yeah, we offer uh, lawn mowing, you know, weekly service, uh, mulch, 
uh, fertilizing and weed control, spring cleanups, um, shrub trimming, basic, you know, yard maintenance, mm-hmm. anything associated to your lawn, we, yeah. can, we can handle it. And next up on the docket is, is the spring cleanups, I suppose. And there's it probably going to be a round of uh, fertilizer of some sort going coming up soon. Yeah, first round is probably a few weeks out yet. The okay. ground has to get to, the soil needs to be above 50 degrees and we can put a pre-emergent down. Okay. And how do people reach you? You want to throw out your website and phone number? I do. My phone number is 612-387-8306. And our website is uh, www.emoutdoor.com. Dot com. There you have it, guys. Check out their website again. It's emoutdoor.com. Ed, I appreciate your time. I, I consider you a friend. You're a good person. I, I love the fact that you're a family man, that you take pride in your work. And uh, I wish you all the luck, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.